Next on BYU Sports Nation, if you like the 2018 BYU football schedule, then 2021 should take you a little higher. Put Jerem Jordan on Meltdown Watch. Come on, man. What's the most winnable Power 5 road game this football season, and is Fred Warner really an inside linebacker now? Plus a Final Four heartbreaker for BYU men's volleyball. BYU baseball walked off again in Cali, and we're keeping it 100 in Mesa. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Happy Friday, everyone. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a longtime friend of Anakin Skywalker, Jerem Jordan. Man, he was not a good friend for a long, long time there. And then at the very end, he became friendly. What's your favorite Star Wars movie of the now eight? JK, nine. Probably Empire Strikes Back. Amen. Followed closely by Rogue One. Rogue One, yes. Rogue One is my second favorite. It, It became number two. When all was said and done, I really liked the way that was because there were no Ewoks and there was no Jar Jar. It was great. With no Ewoks and no Jar Jar, you're good. I'm hoping Solo slides into like the top <laughs> six, you know, and that comes out later this month. I'm stoked. By the way, we saw this Arrested Development style Star Wars storytelling with Ron Howard. If you've watched Arrested Development and you enjoy Star Wars, we're probably going to be friends. <laughs> and it's one of the best videos I've ever seen in my life. Oh my gosh. He was a great friend. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> I have the high ground. Little Ronnie Howard. I hate you. <laughs> One of my favorite musicals is Music Man, and Ron Howard is like six, and he's in it, and he sings about the Wells Fargo wagon coming down the street. You know, it's Little Ronnie Howard, man. May the fourth be with Who you, directed, BYU uh, Sports Station. Directed solo. There you go. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football announced two additional games with Utah State added to the future scheduling matrix yesterday. 2021 in Logan, 2022 in Provo. It has essentially finalized the 2021 schedule, which just so happens to feature. Seven, seven Power 5 games. Really? Here are the home games in the schedule. Utah, Arizona State, South Florida, or USF. Boise State, Virginia, and we assume an FCS opponent. That's going to sell a lot of tickets. That's a great home schedule. Road games at Utah State, at Washington State, at Georgia Southern, at USC, at Baylor, neutral against Arizona, in Las Vegas to open the season. This is assuming Baylor still has a program by 2021. Yikes. Jerem, is the 2021 BYU football schedule the best independent schedule that BYU has put together? If you're a fan of like loading up and having balance and winnability, sure, yeah. I do think 2014 was the best one, though. Do you remember what 2014 felt like, Spencer? Describe it, the first four games. Bliss. Why? Excitement. Why? Because BYU was ranked in the top 20. Oh, because they won games. They had a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. They beat big-name teams. That ended up stinking, kind of, which was awesome. But in the moment, they were big-name, and it mattered. There were three Power Fives on that schedule. BYU won 
the games. They were ranked 19th. They had a Heisman Trophy candidate. If you load up too much, you can't get that. There were four Power Fives on the schedule because Cal was at the very back end. It was Texas, Virginia, and Cal. Oh, there were only three? Mm-hmm. Man. There were only three. Listen. Listen. It was fun when BYU would win in September and then wouldn't have to play too tough of games and stack up some losses and become irrelevant. I think 2014 was awesome. Uh, 2013 was actually pretty good as well. Six Power 5 teams plus a seventh in the bowl game. That was the only year in which Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams were healthy together the entire year. Eight and five, but that was a fun season. Seven Power 5s is a lot. BYU wins 40% of its games against Power 5 teams. But of those seven, four at home, one's in Vegas, so essentially five are homish of the seven. I think it's pretty good. A lot of those are winnable. At USC, that's tough. The rest of those are winnable. The only issue I have with the 2014 schedule compared to the 2021 schedule is the home slate is just not as enticing as a fan in 2014. But to your point, then load up the home schedule. If you're undefeated and, and you're ranked. And yay. Fans are going to show up anyway, stop, right? Let's stop celebrating the schedule and celebrate wins. The majority of the Power Five games in 2021 are not overwhelming which is why I like it. You have a good balance of home and road on the Power 5 slate and totally. a neutral game in your home away from home in Vegas. At USC is the only game I look at and yep. think, whoa! Amen. Other than that, it's like, hey, pretty much a manageable schedule. Who cares about 2021 I do. 2018? Okay. Okay. When, well, when the present's inconvenient, you just look ahead. Yesterday, SB Nation's Bill Connolly told us the following. Regarding BYU's upcoming road schedule. It, it, it ends up being kind of a Power 5 equivalent schedule. I can't get into a Power 5 conference, then, you know, make it a, 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 a sort of equivalent. Although this year is especially, that road schedule is harder than most P5 schedules you're going to see. Spencer, do you agree with Bill Connolly? That is statement it, is totally fair. Yes. What other team has five road games against the top 35 of Connolly's S&P statistical rankings? Power five road games are hard, period. Let alone multiple potential conference champions in Wisconsin, Washington, and Utah and Arizona are sneaky in the Pac 12 Ari- South. Arizona's not going to win the Pac 12. Boise State, also tough. Oh, by yes. The way. That's a ridiculous schedule. And then there's UMass. That's a guaranteed win. What other team in the country <laughs> plays that caliber of road schedule? They play. Probably five or six top 35 teams, but all on the road? Yeah, that's the difference, right? The top 35. Because every Power 5 plays four to five Power 5 games. But they're not all on the road. In league, right? No. It, yes. Well, it, yes. They, they would play four uh, home, four road right, in, but in league. All of those road games are not going to be the caliber of I know. That's what I'm saying. Wisconsin, Washington, Utah, but and Arizona. they all play four road Power 5 games a year yes. at least, right? Okay. okay. At what, Wisconsin, Washington, those who know why Utah's tough. For sure, this is really hard. I don't know that it's like the toughest road schedule. Someone else is going to have a tough road schedule. Right, he said potentially. harder than most. Right. I agree with that idea. This is really hard, and it's too tough. Like, what's the point? Of playing four Power Five road games and Boise State, is BYU saying no? It's to these? get these teams to come point? back to Provo is the question. It just so happened to line up that they're all basically on the road this so year. So you're sacrificing 2018 for the 2019 home schedule. 
I guess we just want a little more balance. 2021, like we just mentioned, is a nice, balanced schedule. Yes. You've got a good mix of home Power 5 games and road Power 5 games. And, quality and on the road, they are winnable games. Yeah. Yes. That's important. There are three constants on this show. Death, taxes, and us discussing how difficult the BYU football independent schedules are. It used to be uh, the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag elite. Used to. And, yeah, we got rid of that one. 2018 features road games, as we have mentioned, against Arizona, Wisconsin, Washington, and Utah of the Power 5 format. Which is the most winnable of those Power 5 games on the 2018 schedule? This is one of the weakest questions we've asked in a while. It's clearly Arizona. Clearly Arizona. Just by merit and by situation. Merit being... Arizona is never actually a threat to win the Pac-12, okay? This is not a top-end Pac-12 team. This is a team on BYU's level. Yet they typically beat Utah. They've got Utah's number for whatever reason. They're the St. Mary's of the Pac-12 against Utah, okay? Wisconsin, Washington, Utah, those are really tough road games. It's clearly Arizona. Also, new head coach and Kevin Sumlin. It's at Arizona. That's a place that BYU has played some close games uh, over time. No film on Jeff Grimes' offense for BYU or the opponent. It's Arizona. You know how I feel about transition years for programs with new head coaches. Tell those that don't know. Until you get into battle with your general, you don't know what that game moment is going to be like, what the pressure is going to be like, how the coaching style is really going to be in the moment. It just takes a while for a program to get used to to the new staff. That's how it works. You typically scores in the teens in a first-time OC game, except for Gary Croton's 70-01. BYU took advantage of Mike Riley at Nebraska. They scored 33 in that opener with Tanner And luckily Langan had a Hail Mary cut. Correct. They also had Taysom Hill for the first two and a half quarters of that game. I remember him. BYU took advantage of a program that is a big name but had a first-year head coach. They also took advantage of a guy like Mike Leach when he was at Washington State. It's beneficial when you're facing a Power 5 program if that coach is in his first year because it just weird things happen. It takes a while, and that is advantageous. I like when it gets weird. It's advantageous for BYU, so I agree. It is Arizona this year compared to Utah the last game of the year. And who knows what Utah is going to be, what injuries they've had to deal with and gone through, but it's in Salt Lake City. There's a mental block and physical that needs to be overcome with BYU against Utah, right? And I'm hoping it's this year. Yesterday, 49ers linebacker Fred Warner. Remember him? He used to play here. I do. And a Utah fan said, hey, we'll see you in Salt Lake City, Fred. And he was like, okay. Okay, man. Thanks. (laughs) Enjoy your meal. Uh, Met with the media for the first time in that media breakout. Warner said this. I'm going to do whatever, you know, the coaches ask me to. Uh, I think when I talked with them on my 30 visit, they talked about playing middle to start me off, and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Spencer, do you like the idea of Fred Warner as an inside middle linebacker in the NFL? I like the idea of Fred Warner seeing the field and playing in the National Football League, especially as a rookie. I don't care if that means he has to play inside for the 49ers or outside. They've got him in a scheme that focuses on more athletic linebackers that can cover four to five wide receiver sets. I don't think it matters where he plays. I just like the idea of Fred contributing in his rookie year, whatever that means. He played outside linebacker his entire career at BYU. Nickelback at times, not to be confused with Tishwara's favorite band. 
It's an interesting move. During the Senior Bowl, Fred moved to middle linebacker. This was at the request of some NFL coaches. Okay, Kyle Van Oy, we've been making comparisons of Fred Warner to Kyle Van Oy for a long time. Most of that is actually pretty fair. And guess what Kyle Van Noy is doing with the Patriots now? He is a middle linebacker. So this is an interesting thing. That can cover that and can move co- side to side. Now, the, 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 the big kind of stocky, heavy, hammer middle linebacker, that's kind of going away a little bit. Like Bobby Wagner is that guy from my Seattle Seahawks. You dust a guy. Got to like him, I guess. That kind of guy is going away more. And Fred Warner is more of that type of guy. In fact, coming up, we'll talk to a San Francisco 49ers beat writer who will tell us more about an article he wrote along those lines about Fred. The hybrid linebacker that is athletic and can move and can cover, you're right, is becoming more typical for the NFL. Fred's so versatile. Like, he can guard almost anyone on the field. Obviously not the speediest receivers, but the tight end and the running back coming out. He can get in the backfield. Like, Fred Warner, I'm really excited to see what he can do with the Seahawks rivals. John Lynch, one of the all-time great safeties in the history of the NFL, drafted Fred Warner. That tells me a lot about how they value him. When your GM is John Lynch and you draft Fred Warner. Second year GM. Let's go. Let's go. BYU Volleyball has done something historic. They went to a third consecutive Final Four. Won another MPSF championship. Do we have any Sarah McLaughlin we could play? We don't have the rights? They had never gone to three straight Final Fours until this year. Unfortunately, last night at UCLA, the serve was not where it has been all year. Zero aces. And they lost in four hard-fought sets to the Bruins, bowing out of the tournament. Boo. Now that you've had some time to think about it and sleep on it, Jerem, how would you assess the 2018 BYU volleyball season? I didn't sleep much. I'm quite invested in this team. And uh, I'm really bummed for these guys. They uh, beat UCLA, you know, two of the three. They lost last night. Yet, I'm never going to complain about getting into the NCAA tournament, okay? There have been 29 BYU volleyball seasons. Only nine of them have resulted in the NCAA tournament. And like you mentioned, three in a row. So this was a really good season for BYU men's volleyball. They won the MPSF uh, regular season and championship. Obviously, there's some disappointment not getting past UCLA, a team that BYU had beaten nine of the last ten. There's some disappointment there. And this is the end of the line for Brendan Sander and the Sander family, right? Taylor and Brendan now. Uh, Price Jarman, Leo Durkin. There's certainly some disappointment not at least getting to the title game. Long Beach State's the heavy favorite here. But, yeah, really good season for BYU men's volleyball. I will never complain about getting to the NCAA tournament. My heart breaks for the seniors because of the legacy that they leave behind of doing what I just talked about. Three straight Final Fours. That's incredible. Never happened here. That's incredible. What really irritates me is that BYU consistently has to play the highest level teams on their home floors. It's just Whether random, it's Ohio though. State or it's UCLA. I know, it is It random, didn't happen at Penn State. But it's dumb. It won't happen at George Mason next year. Fantastic. Hopefully BYU can go to a fourth consecutive Final Four and take advantage of the fact that they will be playing against high-level competition, not in front of their home fans. And there's real pressure for BYU to win. The Cougars have been the winningest program in men's volleyball the last, like, 20 years, but haven't won a title since 04. So that's really, that's really tough. It's tough. BYU volleyball schedules up. They play up. And we wish them congratulations on another fantastic season. Yes. Thank you for the MPSF Championship Trophy, which resides which in Studio E. Matter, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Our question of the day: 
What are your thoughts on the almost complete 2021 BYU football schedule? Speaking of scheduling up. First response from at Cosmo underscore duh underscore Cougar. I'm going to just close my eyes and wait. Let the building up begin. Hashtag countdown to the Wildcats. Hashtag again. Hashtag 1217 days. Oh, okay. If we're going to do this, let's do it. Countdown to the Wildcats in 2021. 1217. 1217 days away from BYU and Arizona on a Thursday night in Las Vegas at, we think, the new home of the Las, Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, they're building it. When we were there in March, they were, uh, they, were, they were digging out the ground, baby. Hashtag BYUSN to tell us what you think about the 2021 schedule. Coming up, the NCAA is making sure there are no wardrobe malfunctions in college football next season. What are the 49ers' expectations for linebacker Fred Warner? Jeremy and I have touched on that briefly. Let's hear from the beat writer of the San Jose Mercury News. Cam Inman will join us next to discuss Fred Warner and the Niners. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow we will be in Mesa, Arizona for the BYU Fan Fest from 2 to 4 Eastern time with a live BYU Sports Nation at Pioneer Park. Come hang out with us. Uh, they renovated it for $8 million bucks in uh, December just for our appearance uh, in this park, so we're excited to be there tomorrow. Come feel Some the of warmth that's true. Yeah. of BYU Sports Nation. It is currently 79 in Mesa. Unfortunately, it's going to be a little warmer than that tomorrow. Oh, no. Bring on the heat. Bring yes. the heat. Yes. Bring the heat and bring it on. Let's Welcome go. back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You can join us on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN whenever you would like to converse with us. Our question of the day. What are your thoughts on the almost complete 2021 BYU football schedule. Yes, I know it's three years away, but it is loaded. At Keeters33 with this tweet. Wow, just wow. I hope we get some things going on offense here quickly because that is brutal. Seven power five teams. Quickly? It's three seasons away. Three full. (laughs) Joining us now to discuss professional football of the 49ers kind is 49ers beat reporter of the San Jose Mercury News, Cam Inman. Cam, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm in my car on the way to the 49ers rookie minicamp right now, so hopefully I don't lose you, but everything's going great. Let's go. We'll trust in the Deseret First Credit Union hotline to uh, to keep it real for us. Okay, Cam, Fred Warner, a lot of excitement for BYU fans that he's going to the Bay Area and as a third-round draft pick to a team that has kind of been – uh, BYU fans have a love affair with the 49ers because of Steve Young. So for Fred Warner to go back there, it's exciting. What are the expectations for him in year number one? Yeah, you know, he uh, he's coming in as a third-round draft pick. They've had some uh, really good third-round linebackers over the years. Um, guys like Navarro Bowman, Phil Romanowski was once upon a time. He's joining a team that's really on the rise, and – it didn't look that way at the start of last season when they started 0-9 under Kyle Shanahan. Uh, then they got a quarterback named Jimmy Garoppolo, who was the best thing to come around with the Niners since Steve Young. And all of a sudden, everybody's uh, on the uptick with the Niners. And 
he's joining a defense that needs linebacker depth. They might need a linebacker starter because Reuben Foster, uh, first-round pick a year ago, is in some uh, legal hot water over a couple off-season arrests, including one for uh, alleged domestic violence and uh, gun possession. So he's likely going to be suspended for some part of the of this coming season, which could press Fred into action a little bit earlier than anybody was expecting. So we got our first look at Fred yesterday in the media room, and uh, very impressive, very impressive guy. Looking forward to seeing him on the field and uh, seeing what he can do because he's not your typical like uh, stout, short middle linebacker that's going to plug in there. He looks like a guy that's going to run, uh, very athletic and very smart. At six four two thirty six, he's a he's a unique body type, as you mentioned, for middle linebacker. And we were talking about it. He played outside linebacker his entire career here at BYU. And then during the Senior Bowl, he gets moved to middle linebacker, and now he's got a shot there. So what kind of expectations are there for Fred playing at a a, kind of a a different position, if you will? Yeah, and, and, you know, they've said that they're going to put him at at one of the two inside linebacker spots that they have. I, I think they might actually move him around a little bit more than just that. This is a uh, defensive coordinator that likes to really get creative. Uh, he did that last year with safety Eric Reed, and he brought him in as a line. He moved in the linebacker at some point. So he's going to probably get Fred in certain packages where he can match up well against a tight end or a slot receiver because he was able to do that at BYU and uh, maybe do that a little bit better than a Malcolm Smith who's a little bit older. Um, and it depends if Ruben's available or not. But uh, he's definitely a guy that they seem to like a lot. And uh, it's, it's encouraging because if the 49ers were desperate for somebody to come in and play right away, they probably would have used their first-round pick on a linebacker and cut ties with Ruben Foster. Um, the fact that they didn't cut ties with Ruben and were able to get Fred in the third round, I think it works out really well for them because it gives them depth, uh, gives him time to mature into a defense and – gives them time to figure out how to best utilize it. Talking with Cam Inman, 49ers beat reporter. Let's say that Ruben Foster gets through this legal hot water and is playing and a regular contributor. How much will that affect what Fred Warner is going to do for the 49ers in his first year? Yeah, if that's the case, then I would expect Fred just to come in on situational plays, maybe on passing downs only, like on a third down play or something like that. Uh, but he'd also have to contribute a lot on special teams because if you're a linebacker and you're not in the starting lineup, you're you're going to be a mainstay on special teams. And uh, it's they they've really addressed their defense a lot over the last five years uh, in terms of building it back up. After you know they were in the Super Bowl with a great defense, the window closed. They said goodbye to a lot of those defenders, and uh, they've been just rebuilding it, rebuilding it, rebuilding it, and then. Last year in free agency, the guy that they spent the most on was Malcolm Smith, who's bounced from the Seahawks to the Raiders, uh, but he knows this defensive scheme really well. Well, if, if Fred comes along nicely, uh, then, then Malcolm Smith might become expendable next year where they don't have to pay his high salary and can just pair Fred in with Reuben Foster as your two middle linebackers for the future. Kim, in your article, you talked about kind of the new age linebackers and the ability for Fred Warner may to be maybe to be versatile, as we've discussed. And uh, John Lynch mentioned, uh, you know, a comparison with Bobby Wagner. I don't think Fred Warner is anything like Bobby Wagner. He's, Wagner's 5'11", 245. Warner's kind of yeah. uh, different. Why do you think there was a comparison to Bobby Wagner? 
because they were probably just trying to give him a compliment that he was a that he's a Pro Bowl potential guy. That's and, a good compliment. A linebacker position. Yeah, it is. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's it, one thing I liked about Jim Harbaugh when he was coach of the Niners was he hated any kind of comp or comparisons to guys because everybody's unique and different. And obviously, Fred's coming in unique. If he's if he's this tall and is going to play middle linebacker, that's a different kind of look. And that's why you know we talk about some of these linebackers. Uh, they want him to be quicker and rangy because the NFL is so pass oriented now. Um, and if he's able to handle some of those pass coverage duties, uh, that's going to really bode well for their defense. And it's you know the league is such a pass oriented league that that's why you're seeing quarterbacks make so much money. And defenses have to find a way to scheme up against it. So I think that's one reason the Niners are really excited just to have this extra extra option in their attack. 49ers beat reporter for the San Jose Mercury News, Cam Inman, with us on BYU Sports Nation. You are headed to a mini camp for the rookies. What storylines are you looking to cover over uh, this 48-hour period? Yeah, you know, these rookie mini camps are kind of tricky because uh, you have guys out there trying out, fighting for jobs. You have draft picks that are just kind of you know getting the lay of the land. They have a new right tackle in Mike McGlinchey that they used a number nine pick overall on. I really liked him. I I was one of the few guys that predicted they would that they would take McGlinchey, and I did it just because uh, simple. They needed to make sure that Jimmy Garoppolo is protected, and the guy that they had there last couple of years in Trent Brown was. I don't know if they were sold on him or if he was sold on uh, what it takes to be a pro. And so he was coming off shoulder surgery. And I figured, hey, why not get the best tackle on the board tonight if that's available? So they did that with McGlinchey, who's a big guy, 6'8", 300-something pounds. Uh, but he can move a lot better than Trent Brown, so he's going to help the running game. And then, uh, you know, they, they also picked up Dante Pettis in the second round. He's a uh, wide receiver slash punt returner. You saw him against... Uh, BYU, maybe we play for Washington. Guy returned nine punts for touchdowns. And I asked him yesterday, you know, do you want to come into the league just becoming the best punt returner in the NFL, or do you just want to be another wide receiver? And he says, uh, I don't look at myself as a punt returner. I look at myself as a receiver. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I understand that. But if he's going to make an impact as a rookie year, uh, it's going to be as a punt returner because he has dynamic capabilities. So I want to see his speed on the field. I want to see some of the undrafted guys that came in because there's usually one or two that really surprise you. Uh, injuries maybe open the door for them to make the team, and it's still a team that has that needs uh, depth. So there's 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 spots to be won on the team, and I like coming to these rookie mini camps and kind of getting the feel, see who's the hungriest out there, uh, which guys don't seem quite ready or seem entitled to it. Uh, so it's kind of one way to gauge it before we really get going and off-season workouts, and by the time training camp comes around in late July. Cam, we'll uh, let you get back to the road, focusing on that and, and getting to that mini camp. But before we go, just just answer me this. True or false, Fred Warner will be playing in the NFL playoffs in his rookie season. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I will say yes, because I think the Niners are going to have uh, – everybody's projecting them to have a great year. I think the one reason they're going to is because Levi's Stadium is finally going to be a home field advantage uh, for the first time in five years because they play a lot of bad teams at home that have new coaches. So I think that's one way, that's the path that they're going to get to the playoffs. (laughs) Great stuff, Cam. In Jimmy GQ, the 49ers trust. All right, thanks so much. 
You got a Cam Inman on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. No team finished hotter than the uh, San Francisco 49ers. They were 0-9, went 6-1 and last time. Fred Warner. You don't always take that momentum into the next year per se, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, so dreamy, you know? I'd love to see Fred in the, <laughs> Fred in the playoffs. That'd be fun. I like the idea. Well, if the Rams stink and the Seahawks are in, I see how that would work. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Coming up on Seahawks Sports Nation. <laughs> what do you think of the 21, 20, uh, 2021? Well, we're going to another century. 2021 football schedule. More of your tweets coming up. <laughs> Plus, big deal, no deal. BYU baseball getting walked off twice in as many oh, games in California. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, the Batcats. Game two tonight, 6 Eastern against St. Mary's on BYU Radio. Last night, BYU walked off against the Gales uh, in the ninth. Hopefully, the Cougars can bounce back tonight, 6 Eastern. They're running out of opportunities. That's an unfortunate yeah. reality. Yeah, our narrative has kind of been the same, unfortunately. Got to win. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back on a Friday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere, and are about to present some of today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Second-ranked and second-seeded BYU Volleyball lost to UCLA three sets to one last night in the NCAA Championship semifinals. The Cougars have advanced to the Final Four for a third straight season, but come up short and uh, end in a heartbreaking loss to UCLA. Yeah, It's rough, but, I mean, crazy. Crazy what volleyball's doing. Fred Warner will participate in his first mini camp uh, today with 49ers for rookies. He will wear the number 48. I was hoping he'd wear number 46 for Tom Holland, who played for the Niners. The Batcats of BYU baseball give up a walk-off hit, leading to a victory for the St. Mary's Gales 2-1. The two teams play again, second game of the series tonight at 6 Eastern. BYU right now is basically in a have to win them all if they hope to get to the West Coast Conference Tournament. And softball takes its five-game win streak to San Diego tonight, 9 Eastern, and tomorrow in a doubleheader starting at 2 Eastern. Some important games for softball, who's behind in the standings to LMU right now. Those games are a big deal. Some other things, not so much. So let's play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Ben Bagley, what do you have for us at number one? Well, let's start with this. Big deal, no deal. The video of Jaron Hall throwing fresh off his mission, courtesy of QB Elite. This is one day off his mission. Jaron, don't call me Jerem Hall, slinging it. Listen, I know it's one day. There's like no rush. It's like flags or whatever, but he looks good, dude. Jaron Hall looks good. I go big deal on this. I don't know how much he's going to factor in off a mission with the guys returning. In fact, I hope he redshirts and kind of gets some time, but I go big deal. There's been a lot of rhetoric about his athletic size and capability and moving positions. He wants to be a quarterback. And so to come off of his mission day one and do this and post this with QB Elite is a statement from him saying, I am a quarterback. It's a big deal. To have another capable, talented guy competing for that always coveted BYU starting quarterback position. Now, he might be the starter in 2021 against that amazing schedule we outlined could be a in the opening segment. Could be a redshirt junior in that game. 
Jaron Hall could be the guy for BYU. Yes. How about that? It's a big deal. Number two. Big deal, no deal. The new NCAA uniform rules now honor code compliant. Okay, yeah, you can't like show you, you know the the midriff, and you gotta <laughs> extend like the socks up. You know, excuse or, me, or are we talking about the honor code right now? No, we're talking about the NCAA. Oh, um, right. so like Ezekiel Elliott for Ohio State, he couldn't these he wouldn't be compliant at this point. So uh, I go big deal because listen, guys like wearing the uni a little bit. You know, like in the NFL, Michael Bennett would like. Have like no shoulder pad essentially, so he could have full flexibility. I think it's a big deal. It's gonna it's gonna require a little bit of adjustment physically from some of these guys. This is annoying for a lot of players because they like the, I guess, specifications of or not the specifications, but rather they like the ability to to make it unique to them. Customize. Yeah, they want to customize their uniform, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of taken that away. But as annoying as it is, it's no deal. Go play football. Put on your pads, put on your uniforms, and go play football. Sound if, like a grumpy dad. If your knee pads are above your knee or below your knee, it's really not Maybe. going to affect it that much. If you have that shul- that back pad that you want showing for stuff, it doesn't matter. Jamal Williams had that. It doesn't matter. Like, Jamal would ball out even if his back pad wasn't showing, okay? It doesn't matter. Go play football. Okay, The Rock. Go play football. Number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU baseball getting walked off for the second straight game. This is a big deal. The bigger deal is last night because it was a conference game, but this happened Tuesday night uh, in Berkeley and then last night in Moraga. This is a big deal. BYU, unfortunately, got walked off twice in a row. This is a good, like, this team's kind of struggling right now and uh, not, not, uh, they don't have a good mojo. We need to give them the BYU Sports Nation karma, dude. Can we combine and do that, even though there's not a guest on the show right now? We don't know all the uh, like the limits of power with the karma. The particulars. We, yeah, we, we, it's been like almost five years. We're not exactly sure how powerful it is and in what ways it can be used. Right? We're still learning. Let's just combine and throw it out there. Let's see what happens. We're giving the baseball team the BYU Sports Nation. Karma. We're trying something new without so a they guest. They can win tonight without and tomorrow. Yes, this is the we've called it Gregorian chance. This is actually li- the BYU men's course live from the HVAC. Every time we go to it, there's a group of like 20 dudes. They're just standing there awkwardly on the first level of the HVAC, probably in like the G wing. Yep. Guys, thank you. We appreciate it. They haven't invoiced us yet. That's the good news. This is a big deal because if we're being honest. And we always are on this program. We never are not honest. BYU needs to win seven of their final eight conference games. Gulp. To have a shot to get into the West Coast Conference Tournament. This would be the greatest manifestation of the conference. And I know that they're, whoa, Spencer, moving parts. You have to win at least 15 games to sniff the top four. Okay, I'm, They have eight wins. I'm they have eight games left. Voice. Seven of eight. <laughs> you just ignore me. Don't distract me. <laughs> Seven of eight. Good work. It's a big deal. They're running out of opportunities. Yep. BYU's got to win the final two against St. Mary's. Opportunities are overrated. Wins are and probably appropriately valued. Sweep their remaining two series. Everyone's got an opportunity. Like it's it's a big deal. Next. Last one. Big deal, no deal. It's going to be one hundred degrees tomorrow. It. At Mesa during our fan fest. Faults 102. Ah! It's one, yeah, we update. <laughs> the update's 102. <laughs> According to Apple, uh, I go big deal. Um, but it will be no deal if we have a covering of some kind.
which we did in and Vegas. We, and it, we do. Wasn't it like 100 in Vegas last year? We do. We got a tent, man. A big tent to cover us. Nice. Yeah, so there will be shade. Oh, I'm always about the shade. There will be shade thrown in the shade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but the show will be hotter, Spencer. Looking forward to this. No, this, is, this is a big deal. The bigger deal is the fact that we're going to be in Arizona tomorrow. We're stoked. With a huge crowd oh, of man. BYU fans. Dude, and Pioneer Park. I'm not kidding. They pumped $8 million into that it, park. It's beautiful. Like in, the, in November. It's so nice. I'm going to be out there with like the six-year-olds climbing on that $8 million facility. The who's who of BYU Park. sports. Head coach Dude, Kalani Dude, like a treehouse up here. The new assistant coach for BYU basketball, Lee Kamard, is from Arizona. He's going to be down there. Big Mo Longy in the house. Dude, Mesa is like the alpine of Arizona. You know what I'm saying? It's a great place. There's so many BYU fans down there. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait to hang out with you guys tomorrow. Check us out in Arizona. You're also, all I'm excited welcome. for the Diamondbacks game against the Astros tonight. That's going to be dope. I know why you're uh, excited for that game, and I know who you're rooting for. That is for sure. Wearing my Mariners jersey, I'll tell you that. Question of the day. I'm that guy. What are your thoughts on the almost complete 2021 BYU football schedule that Jaron Hall might be the starting quarterback for? <laughs> you calling your shot I, at BYU cold takes exposed? Hey, <laughs> he'll be one or two. He'll be one or two. <laughs> at blake 2 Blizzle on Instagram says, let's Fun hope handle. the recruiting is on their A game so that the players are in the program to compete with those schools. Yeah, let's hope they're on their A game now. You know what I'm saying? Coming up, Fred Warner reports to 49ers camp. And she left Russia to play tennis at BYU. How does that happen? How does that happen? And then she delivered with a fantastic freshman campaign. Anastasia Abramayan joins us in Studio B next. Tell us if that was the correct pronunciation, too. Abramayan. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow it's going to be 102 degrees in Mesa, and we are going to be there at Pioneer Park at the BYU Fan Fest. Players and coach interviews. It's going to be awesome. From Pioneer Park, Mesa, Arizona, 2 to 4 Eastern Time, 11 to 1 local. Come party with us. Right now, we are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day, what are your thoughts on the almost complete 2021 BYU football schedule? Some of you are saying, why are we talking about this? Because it's essentially finalized with the addition of Utah State yesterday. And it is loaded. Seven power fives. At Taz Propst on Instagram. Good looking schedule. I think it shows class on our part to be willing to take our team to Georgia Southern. Yeah. Shows respect for them and helps out a fellow independent. And allows our fans in the Southeast another chance to see BYU play. They are independent? I thought they were in a conference. They were in a conference. They are going independent. Oh, okay. Which is why we're helping a fellow independent. That's why we're playing at Georgia Southern. And at UMass. That makes sense. Well, we do. People threw us some favors, so now we are returning that. It's goodwill. The karma wheel. Joining us now in Studio B, a young lady, and I apologize because I absolutely obliterated her name. Well, let's ask her how the tea's going out. Anastasia Abramian. Okay? How did I do do that time? You did great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. From Russia, you had a fantastic freshman campaign as a tennis player for BYU. How did you get to Pro Bowl? How, how did that happen? 
So, I was like playing tennis all my life, and then when I was graduating from high school, parents want, wanted me to get an education, and in Russia we don't have such an opportunity so I can play tennis and go to school. So I just started to look for schools here in the U.S., and they got an offer from our coach, and that's how I ended up here. Had, had you heard of BYU at all? Did you know anything no, about No, nothing. Did you know anything about Utah? Nothing. 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 Did you take a recruiting trip or did you yeah. just see some pictures and be like, I'm in? No, it was actually really weird for me because I signed and then I took my recruiting trip. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no choice. I hope it's good. <laughs> yeah. Were you nervous wow. when you came? Because was, you would sign, you're like, I'm in. Yeah, I like, I was really nervous because, like, you know, I'm like, I'm not a native speaker. It's like new environment, everything new, and I was like really shy. Like, coaches were asking me different questions. I was like, yeah, everything is great. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much has your English improved by living here these past eight or twelve months? I think a lot. I mean, I, I always had a pretty good English, but I just didn't speak. And, like, I think my first semester I was really shy and, like, didn't speak at all. I was just sitting and smiling, like, hi, I'm from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> we both went on missions outside the country, so we can empathize with the, I'm not from here and I don't speak this. So, yeah, your, your English is really, uh, it's really good. Nice job. Thanks. How long is the flight from Russia so, to Salt Lake City? It's... It's 12 hours from Moscow to L.A. and then, like, one more hour from sure. L.A. Yeah. So it, it's a long trip. <laughs> that, is, that is a long trip. Um, let's talk about how the season went a little bit. So you were the number part of the number one doubles team, 41st nationally, number two singles. How do you feel the season went for you? I think I did pretty good because in the beginning I was, like, a little bit nervous. Like, I never played for the team. It's like college tennis everything is different but i think i handled things really good and um, showed the great tennis uh how, how do you feel like things went well what do you think uh, you handled well i think i really played doubles great like so we had a new coach and he helped us a lot with our doubles and everything so we got ranked with my devs partner macy jones it's like I think it's a big achievement for us and for this program. And Macy is Lauren's sister? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, you were number one doubles because you earned it. And Macy, uh, the sister is <laughs> the head coach, <laughs> too, right? So, no. Yeah. What's that sibling rivalry like between Lauren and Macy? I don't think they have a rivalry. Like, they're really sweet together. And, like, Macy, she always listens to Lauren. And, like, she's like, Lauren's like a really big sister. Mm. I'd be like, eh, be quiet. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Come on. Yeah. What are your goals moving forward? I mean, you set the standard pretty high for your first season. So what, what, are you trying, what do you want to accomplish moving forward at BYU? Mm, I think for the next year, I still have a lot of room for improvement, like as mental and physically and everywhere. And like, I think I want to get ranked nationally in singles and doubles and mm. go to NCAAs. That'd be awesome. Uh, in your bio, uh, it says you're awarded the Master of Sports Last year. That sounds amazing. What, what is that? Yeah, it's like in Russia, it's like a really huge award. It's like All-American at college, So, but it's in Russia. Like an All-American type award, but yeah, in Russia? Yeah, but in Russia. All-Russian, maybe? Yeah. I want to be a master of sports. <laughs> I really like that title. No, it's just a really fancy title. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, pipe I dreams for yeah. Jerem. Pipe, pipe dreams, my friend. Uh, we are talking to a master of sport, Anastasia Abramian from BYU Tennis after her freshman year, put together a great campaign. Uh, we love to ask all of our newer guests or people that we're talking to the first time, 
who their favorite pro athlete is and who you, you try and pattern your game after. So how would you answer that question? Uh, I think it's Serena Williams. I really she's like She's legit, her. right? Yeah. So she's a great fighter and a great example how like to work hard every day and achieve every, everything you set for yourself. Absolutely. And she obviously has an incredible kind of backstory, right? Yeah. Um, who's the greatest Russian athlete? The greatest Russian athlete? Like right now. Like right now. What do you think? Any sport? No, I think I'm more familiar with tennis and I'll go with Sharapova. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maria Sharapova. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. We know her. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> do you, okay, let's say you're playing against Maria Sharapova. How many games would you win against her, do you think? I don't know. It's like every match is different, and maybe it will be my best day in tennis, and I can even be here. You <laughs> never know. Yes. Right. That's a good attitude. Yes. What happens next for you in your training now that the season's over? What? So now the season's over. We don't have like an official practice, like team practice, so, but I'm still hit every day. And then I'll go back to Russia during summer. I'm going to practice there. And then it's September already, and we're back again to the season. What was harder, the season or the finals you took last week in class? I think both. It's both. like both hard. It's like really hard for me. Like I'm not a native speaker, and sometimes I go to the testing center and like I don't even understand the question. <laughs> I'm like, listen, that would be so hard. We speak English, and we didn't understand a lot of the questions. Yeah, I'm not going to so. tell you my GPA at BYU. <laughs> yeah, let's finish with this. How do you say "go Cougars" in Russian? Ah. Uh, Spirit Cougars? I don't know. Spirit Cougars? Cougars? I think the same. It's no, just like, just like no translation like a for lion? Cougar. Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. Say it one more time. Spirit Cougars? Spirit Cougars. There you, there you go. <laughs> Anastasia, it's been great to have you. Uh, we would like Thanks you to so sign much. our stretch wide flag. As many, is customary, Russians have we had the flag. I don't think I, that we've I don't had. know. Is this, are, this the, maybe first? the first? Is this, this the first? Is yeah. yeah. Yes. Let's go. Power Paruski. yes coming up which cougar ran the second fastest 10k in the country yesterday it wasn't rory linkletter no plus the voice of the nation your responses to our question of the day is it 2021 yet what do you think about that football schedule seven power fives this is BYU sports nation three BYU sports nation is brought to you in part by dexterlaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Cam Inman, beat reporter for the 49ers from the San Jose Mercury News, NFL Network contributor, and Anastasia Abramian of BYU Women's Tennis. Ah, if you missed any part of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. BYU ranked second and second seeded, lost in four sets to UCLA last night in the NCAA Championship semifinals. The Cougars have advanced the semifinals now three years in a row. Cougars in the NFL. Fred Warner will participate in his first professional football minicamp with the San Francisco 49ers today. He'll wear number 48. Baseball. Bad Cats walked off by St. Mary's last night 2-1. They play again today, game 2, 6 Eastern on BYU Radio. Softball takes their five-game win streak to San Diego. First game tonight, 9 Eastern. Tomorrow, a doubleheader starting at 2 Eastern. Track and field. The Cougars are in the Peyton Jordan No Relation Invitational in Palo Alto, California yesterday. Connor McMillan ran a 28.09.55 in the 10K for the second fastest time in the country. 
this year and fourth all-time in BYU history. Woo! Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver, the big bopper, as Gary Scheide calls him, had a home run with two runs batted in last night in a Quad Cities River Bandits victory over the Great Lakes Loons. And Jacob Hanneman went one for three as the Iowa Cubs in AAA fell to the Omaha Storm Chasers, six to four. The Chase Storms. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need the most, DexterLaw.com. Connor McMillan. Connor McMillan, number four all-time in the 10K outdoor. Awesome. BYU Sports Nation Assemble for the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BYU for me on Twitter answers this question. What are your thoughts on the almost complete 2021 BYU football schedule? Schedule is a Tom Homo statement schedule. 2021 is when conference TV schedules are being renegotiated mm-hmm. and conference realignment is under discussion. Yes. It may also be Kalani's program goal and contract discussion point. Play as a power five to be a power five. How's not that? How is that not the elite tweet of the day? That's a fantastic one. Well I just recognized where that music came from. Where it was it the theme from? of the the uh, of legends here on BYU TV. Oh yeah, the same song. <laughs> I just remembered that. The elite voice of the day on Twitter this time from at sabyu fan. If BYU sweeps the Pac-12 teams, do we get to the Pac-12 championship game? Hashtag Rose Bowl. We played that game a couple years ago, and BYU didn't even come close. I don't think right. But BYU won the Independent Conference Championship, and we didn't make a big deal out of it. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Lauren Spencer-Jones, who's the greatest big sister ever, apparently. Yeah, Macy. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow yeah. in Arizona. Come hang out with us. Join us, won't you? <laughs>